Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Okay, champagne sharks, it's uh, Trevor. I'm here with Vita. And while we were talking, I felt like we were wasting a lot of good material. So rather than uh, wait for anybody else to show up before we get started. I figured, let me just um, start recording. But we were talking about Stacey Abrams. That's what the topic of the show is going to be. And the blame black men um, tactic. And apparently Brittany Cooper was uh, talking about blaming black men again for something. And also on top of that, um, there's just been like various other people. I know what's her name, the one who's on uh, MSNBC um tiffany cross was also doing it and i was telling rita while we were uh, waiting that i just kind of am i have trouble getting like upset about it anymore because i just feel like you used to get kind of worked up about this stuff but um i think no consequences ever happened to these like okay you have like kanye and he was saying all this stuff about provoking black people and and mocking slaves and everyone's giving him plenty of plenty of airtime and then once he started talking about Jewish people, suddenly Chase is canceling his account. Now everybody's clutching the pearls. And now suddenly we're starting to see the threat of consequences. And I just feel like um, nobody really cares if you talk about black people, uh, black men. And it's just uh, so I just feel like these people are kind of dying a natural death anyway, because uh, uh, that whole wave, the whole Black Lives Matter aesthetic, that whole thing has kind of passed so they're losing the usefulness to white people but i feel like whether these people rise or fall is uh irrelevant to us like we're only going to become relevant to these people and making us happy so we're only going to become relevant to these people at the moment where they lose all their white support and they kind of need us as a last resort to uh stay relevant but i think until that happens they're just gonna keep um taking us for granted and trolling us and uh laughing at us when when uh we get mad so yeah so there's a part of me that's kind of just gotten jaded by the whole um the whole spectacle you know yeah well to the thing is i i really don't care if anything happens to the people that are saying the shit because I, I just don't care i don't care about what happens to britney britney cooper because i don't think i don't think anything is going to happen to them and i don't think that's ever the goal of the conversation but rather the conversation about addressing the narratives that they're pushing, because these people are disposable, whether it's Brittany Cooper saying it or not, there will always be someone else repeating the narrative. It's always going to be a narrative that's going to be pushed in some way. So the question is, how do we counter the narrative or how do we stop these narratives becoming the, um, the, the narrative that becomes so pervasive that it begins to, which it already has, permeate other realms, right? So this narrative that Black men don't support Black women is one that has permeated other realms to the point where it has now become part of people's campaign. And I don't know, I, I, I guess it's not fair to say that it's part of Stacey Abrams' campaign, but it's starting to look like it. So right now, um, and, and the reason why I'll say this, when Kamala Harris was running for in the primaries, 
And then later when she was running, uh, was the running mate for Biden as vice president, they were pushing this narrative that black men aren't supporting Kamala Harris because she's a black woman. And that was what the a reason was why you're supposed to vote Biden is to support her as uh, the running mate, as vice president. And supporting Biden is supporting her as a black woman. And if black men weren't voting for Biden, it was because they didn't support black women, right? And then later we saw that article um, in the primaries regarding uh, Karen Bass running against Rick Caruso in the Los Angeles mayor's race. And then we're seeing this narrative being pushed now with Stacey Abrams um, and her uh, bid for governor in Georgia. And so Brittany Cooper happens to be one of the vehicles of this narrative about Black men not supporting Black women. And she was talking about Herschel Walker and his race. Um, I, I guess he's running for Senate in Georgia. And so she, she was complaining about, I guess, people supporting this guy Warnock, who's running for uh, a Georgia Senate, for a Georgia Senate seat and him getting support versus Stacey Abrams not getting support from Black men um, in support of her seat for governor. And she was saying that he, she's polling very low at 60%, which actually wasn't true. Someone pulled up the polls, and she's polling at 70% with Black men, which is, I think, like the second highest group supporting her, or close to the second highest group. I'm not sure, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that crazy in comparison to other groups. Um, so the idea that she's pushing this narrative that black men don't support black women is what I was more so looking at and what I thought the conversation could more so lean to. Because I don't think it's about anything happening to these people because honestly, fuck these people. These people are dis- are disposable. They're, they're, if it's not her, they'll just get somebody else to say that shit. Because if it's not Brittany Cooper, they'll get somebody else. Because now, after she said it, Al Sharpton recently just basically said that men don't vote for Stacey Af- is it men aren't supporting Stacey Abrams because of patriarchy because men are insecure. That's what he said recently. What were you gonna say? I'm sorry. Oh no, I was, I was gonna say. Um, I think. See, this is kind of my whole problem. The whole thing is like, like I just feel like a lot of ways kind of tired of countering narratives because it's like we counter these narratives over and over, and people just ignore it and say what they want anyway. Like for example, if you look at like with um the Jewish people, um. None of them are trying to counter Kanye's narrative. They're just trying to get him taken off platforms and they're taking away his bank accounts because it's like if we have to wait for people um, to be convinced of something or, you know, because a lot of these people know they're lying, you know, and it's like anybody. I guess I guess our problem is this It's like if you aren't able to create some type of consequence, it's just going to keep happening and i feel like a lot of other people have the ability to create consequence so i mean everybody who's under p's and q's with other groups aren't necessarily people who are swayed by whatever narrative those groups have like i'm sure there's a lot of people who are low-key still anti-semitic but just never say a peep out of their mouth about um jewish people because there's a feeling of consequences and that's and i feel like that's that's the problem. Like we don't really have any consequences. Even the consequences we have, you try to convince a black person not to vote, which is the only consequence like like you have, and, and you know, not vote and let them know you're not voting because you don't like. We're so addicted to voting. It's like we can't we can't not vote. It's like the only type. Well, of Well, we don't vote. The, the funny thing is, our numbers are for voting aren't as high as we pretend that they are. You know, which is what part of the reason why the other conversation that people try to have is get getting black people to vote more numbers is because we. Typically, vote when we do vote, we vote Democrat. So the goal is just to get us to the polls in the first place. 
But to that point that you're making, I don't even think the issue is that there's no consequences. I don't I don't think the comparison, well, I think you're right in the regard that there's no consequences. I don't think you're wrong about that per se, but I don't necessarily think the comparison in itself is is equal in the sense that, you know, you're talking about, yeah, Kanye, an individual said this thing about a group of people that one, have power in the media, have a lot of power in the media, and two, you're a group of people He's an outsider talking about a group. What has happened here, you're talking about people within a group. So you have these people who have power who get people within a group to say something about people within a group. You get what I'm saying? So they yeah, have I get what you say, but but they have black people saying it. They have Al Sharpton saying it. They have Brittany Cooper saying it. They don't have to have outsiders saying it. I mean, I guess, but I mean insiders could choose not to do it. Like, cause a lot of groups they can have choose not to, but they're no, not. No, no, but a lot of groups have intergroup consequences too. Like you'll be ostracized from our group if you don't don't do it. But I mean, we don't really penalize insiders or outsiders. Like we don't. All, the, all these people who are complaining about, like to use a Kanye example, all these people complaining about Kanye and slavery is not a choice or anything. I see people wearing Kanye. I see black people wearing Kanye's ugly shoes every day. You know, and I'm sure a lot of these people complain before when he says slavery is not a choice or whatever, but like they just want to whine on social media. It didn't go. But if he has anything with a buzz, like his shoes or anything, they're going to go out and buy them, you know, and I mean, I don't know if the same people buy his shoes are the same ones complaining. I honestly don't know that because I don't I don't even notice the shoes or pay attention or care enough to even notice those things. So I, I don't know. And honestly, I was the people that I know that complain about it in real life aren't the same people who buy his shoes because they're older people who complain. Younger but, people, I don't know in real life that complain except for online. I feel, um, I, but even if they complain online, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, just by the averages of it, the, the amount of people, black people wearing his shoes, I'm sure at least a good portion of them, if you ask them whether slavery was a choice thing, they would find it very objectionable. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but I, I'm, I'm very skeptical. Yeah, but it's enough for people to really care. You know what I mean? Sometimes, like, celebrities say shit you, you don't like all the time. You know, I don't think it's enough. Is it one of those things people find to be so egregious that they would that they would stop wearing their stuff versus if they if they found out something that was so heinous that they that would make them stop? I don't know if that's well, a statement that those well, people... Well, well, then that's the problem then because if a Jewish person said the equivalent of slavery is not a choice, like the Holocaust was a choice, you could have just left Germany. There's plenty uh if you chose to be in a concentration camp, you were just like uh you just chose to be. Um, that would be enough to get uh Jews to boycott them wholesale. Like so even if what you're saying is right, like they don't find that objectionable, but something higher they would. I, I think even think the, I think even the, even that's a weird thing. No, I don't think you're wrong in the sense that we don't have in you know internal consequences within our group. I think you're dead on with that. I also think because we've always uh sadly I think too many of us don't see don't see us as having any real power. We and we us always having the ability to appeal to the larger power structures. People don't care, so it doesn't matter if the in group doesn't care as long as MSNBC is still hiring. It's as long as MSNBC is still, still going to let me come onto their show and CNN is going to come onto their network. It's and you know and give my opinion and pitch my book and give me a show. You get what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. BET might not let me on a network, and BET probably would because it's Viacom, but let's just say all the black networks might not let me on, but who cares? 
you see what I'm saying? Like, there is no, I agree with you that there is no real consequence, but that's kind of the thing. It's like, we don't have any real power. So it's kind of hard to just be like, for us to even have those consequences, we don't, we don't have any real power. When there's more money in the, the bigger system, there's just more money there. Jewish community has more money and more power in those bigger systems. We don't have it. Do you think, I mean, I guess I got to figure out to what extent Black people en masse are even incensed by what's being said, because I feel like even if you don't include people who are famous, who have money to get from the establishment, like just as a group at the rank and file, just posting about this stuff online, there's no, I feel real general community um code. Yeah, yeah i just feel like i just feel like everything is like like split like no matter no matter what type of fuckery is happening everything is like an argument with three different camps you know <laughs> and and i don't really feel like there's any type of thing really where you can just get uh black people yeah, yeah, I... all, all together just being like okay this was uh messed up i feel like there'll just be a lot of people like well i i think she's right i think a lot of black men don't do that and blah 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 blah, blah. So. i agree i agree with you i think that because there's been so much buy-in and this is my keep in mind this is decades in the making you know conditioning doesn't just happen overnight a lot of there's been a lot of buy-in like i, I was looking online and there's people talking about it's when you move your boyfriends in, you ruin the neighborhood kind of like something stupid like that. And they think they're talking about dating. It's really a conversation around, you know, these w- white supremacist socioeconomic perspectives and what a neighborhood should look like. Right. But people don't look at it that way. They've been you've been conditioned to see what to to to, to see a neighborhood a certain way and what neighbors should look like and what a community should like. We don't think of it that way. These are things that have been conditioned so when people say something outlandish, it almost sounds like it makes sense to you. It's like I was listening to Dr. Amos Wilson. He said, we, we've been under this belief that education to dictate whether or not you should be able to feed your family. And that doesn't even make any sense. Why should it matter, matter whether or not you have a ninth grade education as to whether or not you could feed your family? We just bought into this idea. and We just assume that, it, that, it, that that should be the case. And it's not, it doesn't really make much sense. But, we've been, but it took conditioning to think that. To where it's the expectation. Well, you can't feed your family because you didn't finish high school. <laughs> and we just accept that to be the reality. And the reality is also this. If everyone had the highest of education, there's no guarantee that there's a job for you. If everyone had the best education, there's no guarantee that there's a job. <laughs> so, but we bought into this idea that the lack of education is why you don't have a job. So, you know, these are conditioning. These are ways of thinking that we just accepted to be true. So I think it's the same thing with Black people and how we, you know, listen to the media and how we just we have these debates about things that we should just all be on code for telling black men that you're not supporting a candidate because you just hate black women should just be like wait a minute how about the fact that this person didn't give us any reasons to vote for them why why what, instead of telling us we're, we're just insecure why not just tell us the things that they're doing that would help us and support us in the in our goals and so we can feed our families and do the things that are important to us why not just spend this airtime doing that we don't even push back on that. We just say, yeah, that's true. Black men just hate black women. But yeah, we've already easy, been... Go ahead. It's, it's, it's the easy, trite response. You know what I mean? That's their response to everything. It's a simple, overly simplistic. Um, it works for the echo chamber that they're, in, that they're involved in it for the most part, right? Because the people who they're talking to when they say that are all in agreement with that in the, in, in, to begin with. So... You know, they rarely get out of their own echo chambers enough to understand that that type of rhetoric is, number one, it's not going to work 
You know what I'm saying? It's not working because it's not changing anyone's mind and that they need to broaden their perspective a little bit and really try to listen to and pursue um, the key elements that they're going to need to form a, 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 a constituency that's going to keep them in office because at this rate, it ain't working no more, period. The shaming tactics are not working anymore. And But it, it also creates this, you know, scapegoat. You know what I mean? Like if, 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 if Stacey Abrams doesn't win, now we have this group of people we can blame for it. And I always wonder what, what is that? You know, like what is the, what is the end goal for that? Because that's not an accident that they push, that they're using certain people. Like there's a reason that yeah. Brittany Cooper gets up there and says that and Al Sharpton gets up there and says that. Go ahead. I think it's more about preserving a scapegoat. Like it's um, like there's this thing called uh, self-handicapping and self-handicapping is like when you get your excuse ready early. So like on the day of the test, when you get that person who just announces when nobody asks them, hey, man, I. I was up drinking all night. I didn't study for this test at all. And the person's saying that. So, you know, if and when they failed the test, they already let everybody know. He's like, not because I'm stupid. I was out uh, partying. Like, so the lesser of two evils is to look irresponsible than to look stupid. And they feel like if they look like they studied like crazy for the test and they still failed it, they're going to look like, you know, um, crap. But if they end up doing good in the test, then they can also say, Oh man, look, I got like a B or you know, I got an A minus at a test. Can you imagine if I studied? Like now they look extra smart. So they have an out if they lose, but they also have uh, an extra ego boost if they do win. Like self-handicapping is any excuse you preemptively set up in anticipation of a failure. And I think like because these people's big thing, uh, like you were saying how, you know we don't really have power because uh, there's more money in the white side. But I think the power we do have is, you know, exposing that these people have no sway in the black community because whatever power these people do have on the white side comes from the idea that they are the Pied Piper of black people, that they, that they can sheepdog us, that they can be the Negro whisperers. So I do think that's the one thing they're afraid of is looking like they're totally um, powerless with, with black people or have absolutely no sway on them because then that's I think the one only thing that could hurt them with with white people and I think the bringing up of we're feeling because of black men and their whatever ways at least allows them to preserve the illusion that we are good Negro whisperers we do have sway with the black community it's just this one holdout group that's incorrigible but you guys already hate them anyway like nobody oh, can I you know I didn't think about it that way yeah that's nobody a good point yeah nobody can do anything with these guys but we got the black women in check and everyone knows they're more useful anyway wow that's even you know what's so funny about that is that's that's as a black woman it's even more offensive to hear that you know it's like wow so it's like you got us in check oh you got us like that you know (laughs) that's kind of how i feel like the democrats have been using it but they keep bringing it it up like black women show up black women keep saving the country slash party right hey look at at this black women voted 98 percent. black men only voted 87 so i think they're kind of like okay we're gonna write off black men but everybody writes them off anyway as useless you know um but we can get the women and we're, we're preemptively letting you know yeah. it's not that we don't have a hold on black people. But they, that, then that means they're delusional because just getting the black women is not going to win them vote. That, I mean, it's not going to win them seats and offices. That's not going to happen. Like the, ra- the margin of error that they have in national politics is razor thin in a lot of cases. See, so but like, I don't think, 
how do they care about the black women winning the votes? I mean, winning the office. What, what I think they care about is this. I, as an individual, can get you these black women. And yeah, maybe the black women alone can't get it. But you with these razor margins, you need every little bit that um, we can get. So yeah, maybe the black women aren't enough to put you over the top. But in a lot of these races, um, them we, and like two other types the- of people might be able to do it so we still have value to you as black women whisperers even well, if we their can't value them. is the, the, their ability to give uh white progressives and liberals and democrats the ability to create the illusion of progress and progression that's so, true. I, I mean and that's just i'm adding to what you're saying because i agree with what you're saying but it definitely adds to this illusion of progress so that's that because it gives them the woman it gives them the black Right. It gives them So this is what America is often trying to uphold, that they're this melting pot. They're this place of equality, that they're this, you know, that's that's what gives them this moral authority to go into other countries, tell them that they're treating their women wrong. That they're treating this group wrong and that you have the right to go in here and take your resources and give you democracy. Right. And so in order for you to have this moral authority, you have to constantly have this illusion of progress and have this illusion that you're, you know, the the person that everyone else is supposed to supposed to aspire to be. Black women give you that illusion, and so I would uh, imagine that if you're an, if if you're an influ- if you're supposed to appear to be this influential person in the black community, and you want to get that pat on the head and that check, you have to be able to deliver that illusion. And so if you can get that with black women or any other group within the black community, even if it's not black men or straight black men in particular. You know, I think that's what they're trying to me. It seems like that's what they're trying to do. It's like we could deliver that group. The problem is, I think that's not a long term strategy. I don't think that. Uh, not at all. I don't think I don't think I think I don't think black women are stupid. I think they think black women are stupid. because I think their circles operate a certain way, because if you listen to most black people on the street and you listen to them long enough, they start to feel disillusioned after a while. Like, wait a minute. What am I getting out of this on the ground? Right. What am I actually getting out of this? These begin to become questions. And so if those questions are getting answered, if people are still unhappy at the end of it all, they'll turn on you. So you can say all the stuff online and say, listen to black women and, you know, black women are going to take us here and do this. But at the end of the day, they bank accounts are still empty. They still can't feed their kids. Their sons are still getting locked up and killed in the street. They're not going to stick with you. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, uh, also, Mario, you you were making a point earlier. I want to make sure you got a chance to finish it. No, no, I, I just and I also think one more aspect to it is, and maybe I think you kind of alluded to this a little bit with the comments about the sheep dogging. Um, I think that's also a major benefit of of sort of um, promoting black women within the context of these political races and things like that to utilize them as sort of like the, and I hate to use this term, but the, the mammy element, you know, where they just quip all the black males into shape that are kind of wayward and not listening. Um, and I'll use like Kamala Harris, for example, how when Charlemagne, they think that he was asking her tough questions. I don't even think the questions were really that tough, but nonetheless, the way that she responded to him asking those questions was, you know, a, a fairly typical response that we have in the community, um, you know, when things come up and they have some of these women in in, in um, trying to politically corral these wayward men, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
And so I think that's kind of like an unspoken, they'll never say it quite out loud, I don't think, but I think that's a sort of a benefit that they see in using the sisters as a, as a um, political tool, if that makes sense. No, I, I think everything you guys are saying makes makes sense for, for sure. I mean, I just like, okay, she's not going to win. That's That's for sure. And I think everybody's worried about, can we salvage any type of mascot credibility after this? Because she was able to talk all that talk about voter suppression and that being the reason why she lost and all this. And they've been kind of making her a star a little bit, but kind of in a backhanded way. And they give her like, you know, these photo spreads where they put her in the on was like a fashion shoot or something and it's almost like they're making fun of her because because she looks all types of crazy in the fashion shoot like you know i mean i, I, I don't want I, I don't want to make fun of her looks but she doesn't need to be in some kind of supermodel fashion shoot and i feel like they're almost like you know the movies where the bully kind of makes fun of the nerd or the fat girl by making her win homecoming or something like uh, yeah, they, they miss, carry her. yeah yeah like, carry her yeah exactly yeah. Like Ole Miss did that. They made some like, uh, you know, it's a pretty racist place, but they put like this uh, regular white guy and this really big black girl, the homecoming queen. And it was kind of like people were thinking, oh, it's kind of like a low key this, but she's up there like cheesing and, oh, and, and, and loving it. And I feel like they kind of do that kind of stuff with her where it's like they want to make themselves look good by saying, hey, look, uh, we're so caring that we put this, you know, person in a, in a cover. But it also was like a low key way to kind of uh, clown them while pretending you're doing charity, and they, and they put her on oh, Star Trek. They put her on Star Trek, and she's just being like really feeling her oats as like the next superstar. And then for this to happen, for her to do worse, it's kind of like okay, they're gonna be like okay, we're gonna put you away. You know, <laughs> we're gonna put you to pasture. Yeah, you're not really gonna be a good mascot. And I think all these black pundits and all these people, they feel their credibility is gonna go with her because if she doesn't get over she loses credibility but if they can't get her over they lose credibility as uh mascots and i just think the lesser of two evils is to just be like okay we want her to win if we she can win it's, it's, again it's like it's like the test thing like they'll be like if she does win they could be like yeah we got it done with these no good black men so if, if, if it doesn't happen oh man these no good black men we couldn't do it if it does happen bases covered each way yeah. yeah yeah she does make it like look look we're such good whispers we even got those good for nothing black men to come out and right and and do it so i'm, I'm looking at her photo shooting folks she looks all right i don't know what she's talking. i mean i, mean, she, I don't know all she right. looks okay but if a white woman looked like that they wouldn't put her on they didn't you know like like i I feel like they do things with black women that they would not do with um white women but it's a, it's not truly flattering it's a way to say like we don't really take you seriously like you still don't matter that we're not even bothering poor standards. You know, if they truly believe that they like how she looked, I, you know, but I don't think they like people who look like her. Based on well, the, Vogue based... definitely does not like people who look like her. Like... Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a fact, it's the fact that Vogue is doing it. If Essence was doing it, I could say it's earnest. If everyone yeah. was doing it, but it's it's them, I don't believe, doing it. Um, well, cosmopolitan to... and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, Vogue definitely, they, they don't like women who look like her, but th- I will say, they do stuff like this for various celebrities. So like, depending on who they are, they will, they do make those exceptions. So yeah, they'll never show people who look like certain people throughout their magazine. You know, like they'll usually have those really skinny models, you know, that nobody looks like, (laughs) but 
you know what I mean? Like they have that that typical stereotypical models in their magazines, but oh. they always have those specials where it's like you know they'll put the older person, you know, or like someone who definitely doesn't fit into those normal standards of looks for Vogue magazines. They'll do special rollouts for stuff like that sometimes. To be fair, um, I mean, you know, but I agree with you. I do think it's almost like, but I think when they ever, whenever Vogue does those things, they do those. I think those specials are always sort of disingenuous because of the fact that any other time you're, you know, you're basically putting out these unrealistic body images for most girls in general. Like, I think all those things are disingenuous because they'll say all that shit. They'll, they'll say, oh, we should do something about body, you know, uh, what do you call that? Some eating disorders. Body yeah, body positivity and eating disorders. But like 90% of your models all have eating disorders. It's like when I watch those TV shows for like teens, they'll have an eating disorder episode. And like all yeah. the girls in that on the show all have eating disorders. <laughs> Bulim- <laughs> like, yeah, in that real life, the actresses have eating disorders doing, ep- doing the, you know, the episode about eating disorders. Uh, <laughs> some some people some people also speculate that um the Democrats themselves don't even take her seriously as winning. Like if she wins, that would be good, but they're more interested in getting a lot of black people registered to vote. Because once they're registered as Democrats, they can use them later for more viable um national and um future local candidates. Like, you know, like when they get a say a strong white guy for to run for governor. In a couple of years, they'll have all these black people on the voter rolls or when the next presidential election happens, you know, they'll have all these black people already registered in Georgia, you know, to vote uh, as Democrats. So that's another theory I heard that uh, for the I Democrats, mean, it's definitely for, a strategy. Yeah. Yeah. For the Democrats, um, they've kind of taken in as, you know, we don't really have anybody to ru- to win now anyway. So this is a year we're going to lose anyway. Let's at least run yeah. this black woman who can get. A lot of black people in the voters' roles that could be uh, useful later, you know. Right, but she the thing, the cool part about it is, I hope with her, you know, I'm not a fan of hers, but I hope it doesn't turn out to be a zero sum game where okay, she loses and now she's useless, and that'd be the end of her. I mean, if the if they were smart, you know, she still has some 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 usefulness and is being an operative behind the scenes and things like that. So you know, just just in terms of just speaking. Um, in terms of political strategy and things like that, you know, I hope they don't sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater with her. You know what I'm saying? But it seems like that's what they're kind of going to do. Yeah, I th- I think so. But I'm not sure what they have in the wings yet. So she might be... I feel like there used to always be like two or three mascots in waiting at any given time. And I feel like the field is kind of thin. Like, I feel like they kind of lost interest in black people in general. Like, something happened. Like, I just think... Yeah, shit, you heard? Did you hear... Tulsi Gabbard, uh, what's the, what the, I can never say her last oh, name. Oh, Tulsi Gabbard went uh, Republican, yeah. Did she go Republican or Independent? Oh, good question. I thought she went Republican. Maybe she went Independent. She might as well have, you know, yeah. she's with the whole, the whole, you know, talking about anti-white racism. Yeah, was yeah, the, that, was that, one an, that anti-woke, that anti-woke thing, I think, is starting to, um, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we've been talking about this great correction for a while. So I feel like that Tulsi Gabbard thing is one of those things that kind of validates what we were talking about, that there's going to be... And a lot of these, um, you know, liberals and, you know, left and woke people are kind of just laughing it off and taking it for granted. Like, I looked at this um, thing with um, Jon Stewart, and 
he thinks it's still 2004 or whatever it is. He thinks it's still like the Daily Show where you can just oh. go and mug and make faces and crack jokes about how stupid um, Republicans are and your base claps like seals and calls you a genius. But, you know, he did an episode on like the whole trans thing. And I'm like, this is not 2002 anymore. This thing is just going to appeal to your base, you know, which is fine. I'm fine with his side of the argument there. But this whole like we're going to be smug and laugh at anybody who, you know, isn't towing the progressive line. This thing is going to actually mo mobilize people uh, against you. Like this is not like before. Like people are just in a weird space right now where they're just sick of all of this. Anti-woke, the anti-woke movement. That's what it is, man. Like she said it all. She said, you know, woke culture, the woke Democratic Party. She mentioned, you know, um, um, disrespecting police in favor of criminals. I'm like, so everybody that, you know, we had issues with in terms of, uh, you know, police doing things against unarmed black people, they are criminals. You know what I mean? It's just like, who are you talking about that are these criminals that the Democrats are supporting in, instead of police? Like, but I mean, she went full on, you know, um, Ron DeSanto. She sounds like DeSanto. Oh, DeSanto. yeah. I mean, I mean, all we have right now among liberals and the left is lectures and jokes. That's that's, that's it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, either we're going to have jokes like Hassan Minaj and John Oliver and John Stewart and Stephen Colbert and late night talk where they just, you know, make a, a snarky joke about, you know, some stupid right winger or, you know, or make memes, you know, when someone says something we don't like or there's going to be like lectures or a mix of both. You know, we're going to joke, then we're going to lecture some Republican, then we're going to joke. But meanwhile, like the Republicans, the right wingers, the reactionaries, they're winning the ground game. Like they have people they always do. They signing, always. Up, signing up for the cause. Like people are just tired of defund the police people are tired of black lives matter people are tired of uh the whole trans movement people are tired like they're the ones who are actually i think winning quietly hearts and minds and i think the smugness is not even helping like like a lot of the jokes and lectures that people on the left are doing just kind of preach to the choir but it actually right. alienates and angers everyone else like, i think it actually like push people into like you know it's like Okay, I was on the fence about this, but your cavalier, know-it-all, you know, attitude to this is like actually pushing me. And this is not to say that everybody who has bad beliefs is doing it because of uh, and not even answering questions or helping people understand things or yeah. even making a case for what it is you're fucking talking about. It's shaming exactly. people and trying to humiliate people and trying right. to make it out like everybody's against you, even when they were trying to understand you. Like it's, or, it's that, or you're you stupid, know? or you're stupid for not getting what's so obviously the right side of of things, and you know. Yeah, and I think people are just sick of that, you know, because and people are going to automatically be against whatever you're talking about just because you're doing that. Period. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds uh, what I'm reading. She, it seems like she's hasn't chosen a party, so I guess yeah, she's independent, and mm -hmm. um, she's tired of the people racializing everything. I'll be real. It also sounds like she was kind of already low key, a little, you know, racist. Oh, oh was she was doing, <laughs> she was doing a lot of dog whistling and pandering to that crowd when she was a Democrat. So she was like the Democrat that was kind of like the sane option. That's what she was kind of trying to do. But um, she just went from being the Democrat contrarian to just not being a Democrat uh, at all. So yeah, I mean, you're absolutely mm -hmm. right. 
you you pegged it, um, Rita, that even before this, there were signs of it. Like this is one of those things where a lot of people said, "Yeah, this is not surprising." It's it's surprising. It's only thing surprising that it took this long, basically. But but I think all of the stuff we're talking about is making pandering to black people way less a priority, if not an outright liability, than it was in say 2014, 2016, when it seemed like the Great Awakening was the way to go, you know, and that oh. was what everybody had to get. Uh, you know, Tanahasi Coast was like everybody's favorite writer and everything just seemed like it was like, you know, this 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 woke renaissance and whatever. And I just think uh that movement was fumbled, you know. Uh people just got themselves houses and Sean King botched a bunch of stuff and you know Ooh. And and the defund the police was met with a with a crime with a crime upsurge that made people say actually you know what uh maybe we should refund the police like just uh, f- f- fund them people people actually voted for people with a let's fund the police more message now like it's, it's the total opposite you know George Floyd just led to a bunch of um a, a wave of black movies on on Netflix and that that's, yeah. that's about it you know uh-huh. yeah and Hulu and all that shit. And I think that was the other thing. No one saw any real action come from anything. Just a bunch of words and a bunch of, you know, a bunch of grandstanding. So that's that's the other part of it. You know, I think it would be different if people felt like, okay, I'm seeing some sort of movement. But it makes it really hard when all you've seen is a bunch of circus acts. Yeah, no, totally. And I also think. I also think that seeing seeing all of that, like seeing all the um, circus acts and everything has caused a big upshoot in empathy among marginalized people. A lot of marginalized people are like, you know, I don't give a fuck about any of this anymore, you know. But by virtue of that happening, that threatens the mascots. That threatens all these Joy Reeds and Tiffany Crosses and Al Sharptons or whatever, because uh, the black apathy, that's the aftermath of all of this threatens their usefulness to um, the Democratic Party because if black people get apathetic and they can't like I don't think they ever were really moving the needle anyway but I always use the comparison of the witch doctor who stands in front of the waves and moves his hand and acts like acts like he's controlling the tides but he's just moving his hands in a the direction they're going to go anyway I don't think these people ever really were moving uh, black people off their asses to begin with but they used to stand in front of the masses and act like you know, it, it, it's like it's like someone who doesn't know. I saw this thing where they, they're letting a kid think he was conducting the orchestra, and you know they let him come up with a wand, but the actual conductor was conducting behind him, and it was like a little thing that they, they, they let the kid do. I feel like that's what these people do. They wave the wand like they're conducting the the, the orchestra, but the orchestra already knows what to do. It, it, you know, it's just it's it's fake, right? Yeah, and and so they were never really controlling um the symphony anyway but now if everyone stops playing now they can't even pretend like like they don't want to be up there waving the wand and everyone's putting their instruments down you know the the jig is up and i think that's what's got these people uh so scared so i think it's again i'm 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 repeating myself but going back to blaming black men i think is the safest uh the least of all evils. But you can blame so- them, but that won't get you any closer to where you want to be. No, it that's won't the be. part that kills me. In fact, I feel like it'll get you closer to where you want to be if you just go ahead and tell us what the fuck you're gonna do for black men. Like I just right. feel like that would be. <laughs> but they, it, 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 oh, they oh, just despise, it like they despise us that much. Yeah, yeah. Just like oh nope, we're not doing. But it just seems like it will be so much easier. 
And then the funniest part was when um people like so apparently on her website there is a section that says black men on her website. Oh, she, and, she's been she's been doing a lot of reaching out to black men like crazy. But that's the thing. But there's nothing on that page that actually says anything that will be specific to black men. Oh, so, just, oh same, same, oh, with her, same with her reaching out when she when she uh had these videos about what she's doing with black men. This was a video of her meeting with the black men. And then the black man just prays how great she is. And that's that's a whole commercial. <laughs> no, uh, uh, I'm gonna see if I can find it. I'm gonna see if I can find it and play it into the yeah. Thing. It's, I was on her page. It's so, it's so it's so funny. Wait, what's on her, her page? There's nothing on her page. It's no, no, no. When you go there and you say, okay, so I'm I'm on their page now. And it goes go to if you go to stacyabrams.com on Google and then put in black men. And she has her page for agendas uh, for black men, right? Her policy. So the top uh, of her page, it says policy. It has black men. And then it says, has pictures of black men, you know, dapping each other up. <laughs> old, old black men <laughs> dapping each other up, holding the Stacey Abrams sign. <laughs> and then it says, uh, it has, you know, has, uh, I'm, on, I'm on the section that says economic security. But the things that uh, it, it lists, nothing is specific to how it's going to specifically get to black men right so uh-huh. it says black men deserve leadership that sees them serves them believes in them i'm committed to investing in black men their families their business by providing opportunities for small business and apprenticeships banning access to safe affordable education and focus resources on violent crime prevention and law enforcement accountability right okay that Ooh. sounds fantastic that's a beautiful Ooh. opening statement then you get into her specifics but the specifics, nothing here says how this will specifically get to black men. So it says provide capital and contract opportunities for black small businesses. Okay, establish a $10 million small business investment fund. How does that mean it's million? going to black men? Yeah. But how does that go to how does that what is the strategy to get that to black men? It mm-hmm. just says small business investment fund. That could be literally anybody. Anybody. Right. Right. Eliminate fees and red tape to start your own business. What does that mean? And how does that help black men? How do, mm-hmm. What is the strategy to get that? So when you say something like this, you have to then say, we're going to partner with the Black, with the Urban League and the Black Men for Business organization. We're going to partner yeah. with, you know, you get what I'm saying? There has to be something specific that says, this is how we're going to get it to black men. Uh-huh. Otherwise, this is literally anybody that starts a small business. Anybody. Facts. I mean, isn't that kind of par for the course, though? Like... I feel like every time they make these promises, they use these really vague terms and stuff like that. But it's not, so, that's, it's not even vague. It's just anybody can get access to this. This tells me nothing about how this helps black men. It's just saying you're going to help small business. Right. Nothing about this says black men are going to specifically get it, increased right. purchasing from black owned businesses by state entities. Okay, that's great. How do we specifically know this will go to black men? You don't. Allow multiple small companies to jointly bid on state contracts as prime contract. Again, how does it specifically get to black men? Right. Close the gap between minority and non-minority b- businesses, business revenues in six to eight years. Minority does not mean black men. What? Not at all. Not. <laughs> create a $5 million family, create $5 million family farms initiative to a small and micro farms with financing. Again, how many That's black men really own small and micro <laughs> farm? Yeah. Like, who, how, tell me how this gets to black men. Don't just put it on the black men section of your website and then say this helps black men. Tell me the strategy on how this gets to black men. That's how you make an initiative for black, black men. So right. that's the kind of stuff I'll be talking about. Like, 
This, these are not actual things that help Black men unless you tell me how you're going to get it to Black men. We're going to put these specifically in neighborhoods that are predominantly Black. We're going to partner with organizations that specifically help Black men. We're going to go to the, uh, the, the Black male leadership organizations. We're going to go to the churches that specifically have, that hope the homeless organizations that have uh, 90% Black men. Organ- you get what I'm saying? Like, how are you yeah. going to get this to the Black men who are, who are needing the program? There's, there's no strategy here for that at all. None. Yeah. Um, I'm going to uh, play something real quick. Like, like she has her problems, but I'll give her credit on this. She did this, this one thing that I thought was okay. Um, she has apparently um, critiqued. She has apparently, she, she has apparently critiqued, um, you know, some narratives. So, so check, check this out. Uh, apparently like, you know, when people were trying to blame black men, men for stuff um she said this but some of you can hear it okay let's hear it so tie everyone together mm-hmm. i want to clarify something that cnn said in the wake of my election was that african-american men were responsible for the gap it's not no. true mm-hmm. no. their exit yeah. interviews were wrong they did vote so it was a i think it was 97 percent black women about 94 percent black men not 91, not 89. It's a story told to create division. And we, mm-hmm. we've got to stop believing the numbers when they are told by the wrong people. But the problem was their participation rates are lower. Black women not only show up, they show out. And Black men do not vote at the same rate as Black women, and that creates a gap. But it is not that they are voting the wrong way. They just don't see themselves in the story. And so one of our opportunities is to bring them into the story And that's why it's so important for us to always connect the dots. When you talk about gender equity, when you talk about men as part of that conversation, it gives them an obligation to take action. So, so like one thing I'll give her credit on is she did try to correct a lot of that. um, Mm -hmm. You know, but I mean, she she still had to give low key backhanded. I was just gonna say she still had to throw some bones to the feminists because she was 100 percent positive. (laughs) Then they're gonna get mad, but she's like. But but they just show up. But you guys show up and show out. Whatever right. that is. Yeah, that's it. Nah, I, I, mean, I was so I ready at, to give her credit, though. Okay. I look at it as less of a backhand and more of a, you know, appeasing that crowd. Because you yeah. know how they get. If you, if you say kinda, anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she almost has to throw something. Right. Like, like, I know you're not just going to uh, compliment black men. You know, they're just waiting. Right. <laughs> Wait, hold on, guys. Before you, <laughs> y'all are before fair. you turn y'all... on me, <laughs> y'all are being fair. fair. Y'all being fair. fair. I'll give y'all that. <laughs> See, you know what's so funny? Sometimes I think I'm probably harsher than y'all are. Y'all, y'all being real nice. I think Kenny's probably the only person harsher than I am. But but I I still didn't like what she said. I was ready to give her credit. I was like, oh, okay, you go ahead, Stacey. And then I was like, oh, here she go. But um. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I'm not. I, I'm not saying it's great. I'm saying in this climate, that's about as good as you can get. That's about as good as it's gonna get. And, and stay and stay politically viable. That's how fucked. We, but, we are. <laughs> but she was she was right there. She all she she could have just left it that. But um, the part that I didn't that kind of got me was that is she had an opportunity to say we have to do a better job of making sure that we're doing the things that are necessary to encourage Black men to vote. You see what I'm saying? What are we doing? I'm always a big fan of people who can take accountability. As You get what I'm saying? Like, if I can say, what do I need to do? What is our job here to get people to vote? And when I'm teaching or if I'm doing that, when I train teachers, I always say, what is it that we can do to get children excited in our classrooms? 
versus punishing the children for not being excited in our classrooms, right? So what, you- what, what can we do to encourage Black men to vote more versus saying, you know, they don't see themselves as voters? So they don't... I, go ahead. Uh, oh, I, I thought you were done. Let me to cut I you am done. Uh, okay. Um, so I found some of these events that she had, some of these, these uh, you know, articles. Like she brought everybody she could. She got Diddy. She got Killer Mike. She got 21 Savage. She brought all these people and different ads. And she's been doing a push. I'll, I'll give it to her. But uh, this is the ad I was thinking about. And, and none of these ads, I really see anything tangibly said. So, so I think this is the right one. I hope it's, it, it looks like it. Here, here we go. What do you want the next governor to know about what leadership you need? As Black men, there's so much pressure to be great. A lot of times we don't have anybody that is speaking up for us. And I believe that you can service that person for us. That's the job of the governor, to be in this together, especially for Black men in a moment where so much is arrayed against you. The moment that we give up our hope is the moment that we lose every single time. And I feel that you are just another breath of hope for us. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> all, she did, all she did was just pick herself up. She Wait, you back. can't just go to the governor. What are they talking about? Yeah. You can't just go to the governor to get hey, hey Stacy. You know they messing with me over here. Can you can you tell them off for me, please, Stacy? You can't just go to the damn. You got and, I was, and I was thinking they were going to talk to her. They're going to bring the black guy out to say. We want this. We want that. And, and she's going to say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to give you this. But he's like, yes, yeah, Stacey, you're the best. That's why we yeah, need that's you. Yeah, that's what it was. Like, thank that's you, what thank the you. governor is for. No, that's what your, with your, your local municipalities, your local... Right. Con- I was like, you got local, a lot of steps before yeah, you get to the governor. Yeah, you got a whole lot. You might yeah. want to try to write the president. Nigga, what are you talking about? Yeah. She's going to call security <laughs> if you just show up. You're going to show up to the governor's mansion. <laughs> And this is why people get confused with their with their governments and they don't know what they do. You know what yeah. I mean? They be thinking that they mm-hmm. can really talk to their government. Like, look, they're, they're not picking up my trash. What? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Mayberry. You can't do right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to the governor. What the hell are they talking about? <laughs> In some of these cities, you can't even get to your mayor. Yeah, you definitely you know can't saying? go to your mayor. <laughs> She's gonna make new number. Wow. Make new number with this. <laughs> you think you can? You can just walk up to the mayor of Atlanta, just all willy nilly. Like, Hell no! <laughs> with, your, with your individual, with your individual problems, right? <laughs> all right, y'all. So. That is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.